Amen. So, God is awesome. Amen. That was not very enthusiastic. <laughs> I bet it was at home. I bet y'all were saying amen. Nice, loud and proud at home. Um, so, as you guys already know, my name is Wendy. I am the co-lead pastor here at Mercy Vineyard Church. And so glad that you are joining us here this morning, whether you are here on the team um, or online. And I just want to say really quickly um, a humongous thank you to our team who has been running this thing every week. It is not easy. And if I could turn the camera around and show you all of the people that, um, not all of, but the people that are doing multiple roles and running around during worship and doing all kinds of things, they're amazing. You guys are amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So um, when you do see them in person, you know, give them a big pat on the back or a punch in the arm or to say thanks. <laughs> because it's been a lot of adjusting and pivoting and learning new things. And that's not easy. So, um, thankful that you guys are here. Before we get started with the message, we're going to real quick say our um, mission statement. Is that how you say it? Yes, that's our mission statement. <laughs> we at Mercy Vineyard are living a passionate mission to love, grow, and go for the greater glory of God. Thank you, guys. Um, so we are continuing a three-part series this morning um, called Life Googled, where we're looking at the burning questions of life according to Google searches. What are people searching for? Um, last week, Lee talked about the question, what is love? And we learned that love is not about us. <laughs> love is not about us. Real love is without condition without reciprocation and resentment. And agape love, which is what real love is, is without desertion. And when we think about how we can outserve the other person, we don't focus so much on what we're not getting out of the relationship. Instead, we, um, we focus on what we're giving, and oftentimes we end up more fulfilled, right? So um, today, I want to share with you the top 10 questions that people have asked Google uh, in 2020 so far, starting with the word can. Okay, so I'm going to go from least to most popular. So we're going to go from 10 to 1. Okay, number 10, can dogs eat blueberries? <laughs> okay. Number 9, can dogs eat apples? Apparently people are wondering if dogs can eat fruit because number 8 is can dogs eat bananas? Uh, and that's what we're going to talk about this morning. No. Um, <laughs> the burning questions of life. Can dogs eat fruit? Um, number seven is, can you keep a secret? I don't know why somebody would be asking Google that, unless it's like the name of a movie or a song. I don't know. Um, same with number six, can I have this dance? <laughs> and then and number five, can we just talk? So I don't know why people are typing these things into Google. So if anyone can enlighten me later, maybe the younger generation can share with me what this is about. Um, number four is, with 368,000 searches, can you run it? 
Right. That was my <laughs> was my response to that. Can you run it? Uh, number three is, can you ever forgive me? Two is, can we kiss forever? I don't, I'm worried about chapped lips. I don't know. Um, and then number one search, starting with the word can in 2020, is can you feel the love tonight? So song titles are obviously pretty popular. Um, this morning, the question we're going to tackle is, can you ever forgive me? <laughs> I bet you guys guessed that as we went through. Um, forgiveness is often defined as a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or group who has harmed you. So it's all about releasing feelings of resentment. But God's forgiveness goes so, so much deeper. Um, so if you're a Christ follower, you've acknowledged that you have a need for God's forgiveness, and um, you understand that our sin separates us from God, and that when we repent, we're forgiven through Jesus. Um, your relationship with God has been restored, and you're his child, right? That's what we understand as Christ followers. But why do we want to be forgiven? Why has, is this Googled so much? So if we say, well, of course I want to be forgiven because I hate having a guilty conscience. Well, then our desire really doesn't have a whole lot to do with God. It's about clearing our guilty conscience. Now, it may start out that way. We may start out wanting to clear that, that guilt that we feel, um, but it needs to go deeper than that. For example, if I say something hurtful to Lee, and he's upset with me, I'm guilty, and I need and I want his forgiveness, right? But why? It's because when he walks into the kitchen to grab a snack, I want us to be able to meet eyes and for everything to be really good. I don't want there to be anything to hinder the intimacy in our relationship. So it's not just about, oh, I did something and now I feel bad about it. It's about wanting that relationship to be restored, right? Um, and when we cherish our relationship with God in that way, his forgiveness becomes not just something that we need in order to get to heaven. It, be, it becomes something that brings us close to him, something that we don't want we don't want anything to be in the way of that intimacy and that closeness. Closeness. So what does God's forgiveness look like? And how can we know that we've received it? Well, we're going to talk about that. But first, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the way that you love us, the way that you forgive us, the way that you um, pursue us the way that you don't, um, you don't let us go. And God, we sang this morning about your pursuit of us, and I pray that we would, as we look into your word, that we would sense that pursuit, that we would feel you drawing us near, and that we would open our hearts, God, to hear more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, we're going to start by reading Psalm 103, verses 8 to 13. 
Are we ready with that scripture? Psalm 103, verses 8 to 13. It says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So here's what I want you to remember this morning. Above all else, God's forgiveness is complete. God's forgiveness is complete. There is nothing in this passage or any others in the Bible that I can find that says that there are tasks that we must complete in order to be forgiven. Right? And that can be difficult to accept. Because in this world, there is always payment for everything that we receive. Anything that we get, we, we expect there to be a cost. But in this case, God's forgiveness is complete. And not only is he merciful, he's slow to get angry in the first place. He doesn't, he's not angry at the drop of a hat, right? He is slow to get angry. Twice in this passage, the word compassionate is used. And it comes from the same root word, as the word translated merciful in verse 8 comes from. Okay, so the, the root is raham, and its noun form means womb. This is that God's mercy and compassion for his children is likened to the love a mother feels for her yet-to-be-born child. It's a, um, a nurturing caring, embracing love, all-encompassing, because a mother, um, the way the mother feels about the child in the womb is that child has done nothing, and the mother still loves it, right? And that's how God loves us. It's not about what we do or how we perform. It's about the fact that we belong to him. And this can be a this can be a difficult concept to wrap our brains around. So we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what it really means to be forgiven and to forgive based on this passage we just read. So the first thing is, when he forgives us, he doesn't remind us of our sin. So there isn't ever this time where after we've confessed and, and he has forgiven us, that he comes back and, go, and says, remember when you did that thing? Remember that stupid thing you did? And I'm sure that we've all been in a situation where someone gets mad at you and then they remind you of the last three or four things that you did that made them mad. Have you been there? And have you, have you done that <laughs> to someone else? So um, even sometimes if they said they forgive you, they bring it back up again. That's not true forgiveness. True forgiveness means we're dropping it. We're not bringing it up again. And so the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, but he's not going to deal with us about things that we've already confessed and repented for. He's going to deal with us with what's happening in the present. 
He's not going to bring up past sins that we've confessed. He's not going to start listing off to us all the things that we've done um, against God and his word. And there's no sense of, when are you going to get it together? That's never going to come from God. And if you're feeling that, that's not from him. So when we, when we feel that, that's actually the enemy attacking our identity in Christ. Verse 9 says that he will not constantly accuse us. He's not going to bring it up again. Secondly, the scripture says he does not remain angry. So when I was little and I did something bad, I know that's hard to believe that I did bad things, but I did. Um, One of my parents would seem to stay mad at me for a while even after I said I was sorry, right? (laughs) Uh, So there was a cooling off period. So I would do something, I would say, I'd be confronted, I would say, I'm sorry, and and then sometimes there, it felt like the relationship was not mended yet. And sometimes that lasted a few days. And even if there was a consequence for my behavior, and I was paying that consequence for my behavior, I still felt like the relationship had not been restored. And I can't say that I haven't done that for short periods of time with my own children. Because we get angry, don't we? But God doesn't stay angry with us. There is no cooling off period with him. When we ask him to forgive us, all it takes is that confession and repentance and, and it's done. The relationship is restored completely. Now remember, repentance is, what it literally means is turning our back on. So it's not just, okay, God, I'm sorry, and then we just go do the same thing again. It's, God, I, you know, I confess this to you, I repent, I turn my back on this thing, and the relationship immediately restored. There is no more hindrance. Um, and that can be difficult to fathom. Because we don't operate that way. But 1 John 1, 9 tells us, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. So he doesn't even simply tolerate us. Oh, okay. Sometimes we think about mercy as, well, all right, I guess I can let it go. All right, fine. Since you said you were sorry. But remember, he's nurturing, and he's compassionate, and he draws us in. He draws us close. He doesn't stay angry. So next, he does not treat us as our sins deserve. Now, make no mistake, God is a God of justice. He has expectations. He makes his commands clear to us, and we deserve punishment for our sins. But he's also a God of mercy. And we don't receive the punishment that we deserve for our sins because Christ already took that punishment on the cross. Romans 3, 23 to 24 says, For everyone has sinned and all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. 
so completely free. Like Christ already paid the punishment. And not only that, but he doesn't deal with us to the measure of the guilt that we feel for our sins. So there's the measure that we're guilty, right, from God's standard. But then there's the measure of guilt that we feel, and he doesn't even deal with us according to that. (laughs) He's so merciful and compassionate. And it can feel wrong sometimes to repent for something that we feel convicted about and then just move forward leaving it behind. That almost feels like like we're doing something wrong. We should wallow in that or something. But because of God's unconditional love, we're forgiven. And to not receive that gift is going to further hinder intimacy because on his end, everything's good. We can... There's no hindrance anymore. We, we can be intimate again. We can be close again. And, but when we refuse to receive that forgiveness so freely given us, we're the ones hindering the intimacy, right? We're wallowing in it, and we're feeling bad, and he's going, what are you doing? It's over. It's, it's, it's gone. Now, there can be consequences to our sins, so, and we might have to deal with those consequences past the time of repentance. But let's not confuse that with punishment. When we suffer, sometimes we wonder, is, is this happening? Is God doing this because I did this? Is he punishing this? The answer is no. He's not punishing you. It says he will not punish us for our sins. Now, there are natural consequences. There are things that we're going to have to deal with when we sin, yes. But let's not confuse that with punishment. And lastly, once forgiven, our sins are gone. They are not simply covered up. Uh, They're removed, the, the scripture says, as far as the east is from the west. So if you were to get into a jet with unlimited fuel and start heading east, you can continue going east forever and never meet west. That's how far he's removed our sins from us. So in other words, we can't imagine that our sins could be more effectually removed than they are. He has put them entirely away as if they didn't happen. And they can't affect us anymore if we don't let them. We're safe from all condemnation for our sins. That's, that's the gift of, of what Jesus did for us. Our shame is gone. Our guilt is gone. And we have complete and total freedom. And I don't know about you, but I think that's amazing news. <laughs> because, it, I mean, it's just hard to fathom, but it's so true. And that just shows us the, uh, like Lee was talking about last week, the amazing, unconditional, unending love of God. Because who forgives like that? I mean, that should be our aim, right? To forgive like God does. Um, and before we close this morning, and I, I, I took less time to talk through the, the scripture because I wanted to spend just a couple of minutes practicing Uh, repentance. And I know that sounds funny, but all this freedom and forgiveness is ours when we confess and when we repent. God's 
compassion understands our weakness. The next verse in that passage in Psalm 103 says that he knows that we are but dust. That's why he's so compassionate on us. And knowing us this way, he moved toward us, knowing full well that we wouldn't make the move toward him. He pursued us. And all we have to do is be willing to come as a child to a father who's full of compassion. And to respond to that pursuit that he has of us is to unveil or open ourselves to him, to come honestly as we are. So what does that mean to, be, to come honestly? Well, what we are can often be a bundle of ugly thoughts and selfish attitudes and fears, right? And that honesty is not something that we need to hide, because he already knows it anyway, but hiding it just keeps us from enjoying the freedom that he's bought for us. So that honesty must include the confession of sin. And so we're, if, when we're specific, we say what we want to confess and don't make excuses, right? It's so easy to want to make excuses because we already feel bad. Don't do it. <laughs> God knows the truth anyway. Um, I recently heard of a simple way of entering into confession and hearing from God. So we're going to do it this morning. And, and it may feel strange because um, you're at home. But maybe not. Maybe this is a good place to do it because you're at home. And um, hopefully you can just take a few moments to be quiet before God. But we're, we're just going to take a few seconds on each idea. Let me tell you what they all are first in case you want to write it down. And then you can do it every day if you want to. Um, the first thing is to come consciously into the presence of God. All it is is acknowledging his presence and asking him to search your heart. Okay, and then secondly, we're going to repent and confess any known sin, thought, word, or deed. Now, if nothing comes to mind, don't try to conjure something. <laughs> Maybe you just, there's nothing to confess right now. If you just have this overarching sense of guilt, but you don't really know what that is, and God doesn't bring a specific sin to your mind, that could just be that you haven't forgiven yourself for some things. So ask God what that is. Ask him to help you weed that out. Because remember, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, but when he does, he shows us what that sin is. He's not vague about it. Um, then third, we're going to bind and silence the voice of the enemy because what he would like for you to do is to continue to carry that guilt with you. He would like you to believe that you need to wallow in it, that you need to, you know, pay some penance or whatever you want to call it. And he would not want you to walk out of, um, that bondage and into freedom. So put on the helmet of salvation that gives you the mind of Christ so that you can remember who you are in Christ and that you are completely forgiven and the last thing is to listen because so often we pray we confess we repent and then we say okay thanks God and we walk away but maybe he has something to say to you so we stop and we listen what is he saying so we're going to do that uh, for just a moment. 
Um, so let's, let's go ahead and, and let's pray, and I'll just kind of lead you through each step. And like I said, we're only going to take a few seconds on each one. But um, I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and speak to us this morning. Because I want you to experience freedom. I want you to experience the love of God in all of its fullness. So God, we come into your presence. We acknowledge that you are here, that you are with us wherever we are. And Lord, we just ask you to search our hearts. God, would you show us anything that's in us that that we need to repent of, that we need to confess? Now, if something comes to mind, go ahead and, and confess it. Repent and confess, God, I have had selfish thoughts this week about this particular situation or I have my attitude toward you has not been pure or whatever it is just speak it out to him and ask him to forgive you We just thank you. And now, Father, we bind the voice of the enemy that would try to tell us that we are not whole in you. In Jesus' name, you have set us free. Our sins are gone as far as the east is from the west. And so, God, we trust in who you say that we are. God, who you say that we are is the truth. So, Lord, we purpose to walk in it. Lord, I pray that you would help us to continually um, remind ourselves of that. Holy Spirit, come and reveal truth to those who are struggling with that this morning. And now, as the worship team comes, we're just going to um, listen. We're going to take a few moments to listen. And even before we start to sing, we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit and what he would want to say to you. Because I really believe that for some of you, um, that you need to, you just need to sense his love this morning in a tangible way, um, and, and that forgiveness that he offers you. And also, I do believe that there are people that need to forgive themselves, that you are holding on to. You just feel, like I talked about earlier, how God doesn't say, when are you going to get it together? That you're thinking that about yourself. <laughs> that you're, you're kind of berating yourself. When are you going to get it together? Especially if you have, um, maybe you have a sin that you have had to repent of over and over multiple times. And it's so easy to think, when, when are you going to get it together, Wendy? 
And God just wants to set you free from that. He wants to bring um, life and joy back in to your walk with him. So let's just, let's just take a moment to um, allow him to listen or allow him to speak to us just as Ian plays for a moment. Holy Spirit, come and speak. like there there may be someone who is struggling with uh, that cloud of guilt it's almost always there Um, and I just believe that God wants to set you free from that this morning there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus the word says and he is pursuing you He's pursuing you. He wants you to come. So God, I pray for for that person or, or those people who are struggling with that cloud of guilt. Lord, would you just let it blow away in Jesus' name. Bring freedom. I bring a revelation of your love. A revelation of of the gift that you've given that we can freely receive. As we worship, just continue to listen to him. Continue to invite him to have his way and to speak into your heart how he really feels about you. And maybe you need to forgive someone else. Maybe you notice that you're harboring unforgiveness towards someone else. And when you see the way that God has forgiven you, you realize, I have people I need to forgive. Do that too. And just allow God to set you free from those things.